This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show, the Simple Truths Radio Network. Pastor Xavier Reese, how you doing, Pastor? Good, Tony. Ready for June? Ready for June. Tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Here we go. Uh, also in the studio with us today, our production engineer, John Duran. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 239 on Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. And our brother, Ray Miranda, helping us with video and audio. And if anything goes wrong, Ray, that's your, your responsibility. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pastor X, we are continuing to work our way through the, uh, the effect, the influence of the Holy Spirit uh, upon the, the Church of Christ uh, we last broadcast, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the pers- our perspective, the uh, believer's perspective of the privilege that we have and some of the examples that we see in Scripture and why the, the Holy Spirit is, is so essential in those issues. You know, as we're going through these, uh, these issues specifically in the Scripture, there is a particular quality that identifies the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer, and we see that quality described as love mm-hmm. in the scripture. And when we talk about love, what do we mean? Well, it's not the love that we have here in the world. Um, the love in the world, even though we're creating the image and likeness of God, we do have a capacity to exercise affection, um, even love, but on different levels as we'll get into. You can do it on the emotional, the physical, and even family. But none of that can really be exercised to its full and adequate way without the Lord's love. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's love is agape love, as we'll see, and it's uh, totally different. You know, we have a good example as we again, look back on our history from um, when I grew up in the 60s. You know, you had the 60s, you had um, the breakdown of, of morals and ethics uh, in a, on a large scale. Yeah. Um, and um, by the time the late 60s, early 70s came, you had the hippie movement. And you, their message was uh, drugs and free love, yeah. sex. Well, sex is not love. No. Um, so they were looking at, at, at a, a right message but with the wrong source. Mm-hmm. And so it brought a lot of destruction. We saw the, um, all of the destruction from it um, even up to this point. In the 80s, um, we got a backlash of all the divorce with no-fault divorce. Yeah. And so we watered down a commitment of love uh, through thick or thin or to death do you part. And we see the uh, aftermath and the destruction of, um, of many children, not adults. You know, if you were divorced in the 70s and you had a kid, you know, by the time 90s, he was 20 years old. Now he's uh, 50 years old. Wow. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And that's handed down to the next generation because... You, you know, you didn't have that family structure and you were being uh, indoctrinated by the public school system mm-hmm. on um, that it takes a village to raise a child um, and that humanism was the way to go. And so you have a lot of tweak ideas that when the 90s came along, we had AIDS and everything else, which kind of just was a, a, a real consequence of our perversion of that love yeah. and uh, breaking down of, of, of uh, morality and that. And so we've really sown to the wind, and we have reaped the whirlwind in many different ways. Um, in the present day, there are so many STDs out there that they don't have even time to deal with them or even warn people about them. They just take the major ones, whatever's going on. But for the most part, people are, um, you're, if you're going to be out there sexually active, you're, you're playing Russian roulette Amen. to destroy your life. Well, the other thing is, you know, there are all these pharmaceutical companies, God help us, that are capitalizing and making huge fortunes off of, for instance, like vaccinating people. Yes. Uh, specifically, human papillomavirus is one of right, these right. big ad campaigns and pushing schools right, to right. vaccinate kids. And yeah. So we suffer the consequences right. of that. And, and, and those things, again, you know, um, it's not a matter of bad-mouthing them. It's a matter of um, seeing the evidence of their reputation. If you just listen to any um, TV commercial mm-hmm. and they put a drug out there and they put smiling faces and people so happy and, you know, whatever 
the medicine is. And then at the end they'll say, and there are some repercussions, and they, they list this <laughs> list of horrific things. Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? And do you have life? Could cause heart cardiac arrest. Yeah. Could you, you know, uh, brain you hemorrhage. Jump out of bed and your right arm's laying in bed, but it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And people still take all these drugs. I imagine. Now, the yeah. main thing is yeah. that, you know, the medical community has done such a disservice to people because of this. Because the doctors really don't know what these pharmaceutical things do. They're yeah. taking yeah. the word of the pharmaceutical company and the representatives to push these drugs, these medications, to keep them in business. Yeah. But they're not they're not um they're not resolving the physical problem. Yeah. They're only complicating. They're not serving the public interest. No, not at all. Yeah. I read an article this morning. I don't want to get off the track, but about uh, Pfizer. Pfizer was in court to keep all of the data that they had put together uh, concerning the uh, COVID-19 vaccination. They wanted to keep it secret and seal it for 75 years. Yeah. For, I for why. some unknown reason. Yeah. You know, we have no idea. But the courts denied them. And this data is now out there and there are hundreds of people reading through thousands and thousands of pages of this stuff. One of the things that they discovered apparently in this data that they did a test because Israel is like the poster child for vaccination. Right. Just almost everybody in Israel got vaccinated yeah. at earliest opportunity. In at one particular hospital in Haifa, women who were pregnant, who were vaccinated, had a 35% higher rate of losing their child, right? Well, just instantly, and this is you know really initial, right. but and what what is the goal of the globalists yeah. to depopulate depopulate the, Earth. the planet? Simple, it's the truth. And what love is that? Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, simple. You know, um, we look at our culture, Pastor X. It really begs the question: Are people even at a place where they can understand what the biblical concept of love is all about? Yeah. Well, um, the believer is to love God first. Amen. That's the priority. If you don't have, if you don't believe in God, if you don't have love for God, then you are going to exercise a love that is convenient and beneficial to you and are only going to give a substance of commitment um, as long as it pleases you or is beneficial to you. Yeah. And somewhere down the line, you're going to call it quits. Because society doesn't have a conscience anymore. Before, even though you may not have a conscience regarding certain things, society kept you in line. There were um, rights and wrongs, do's and not do's. And if you cross those lines, there were consequences, yeah. repercussions. Amen. And so, um, you know, like driving down the freeway, you know, there was a time when policemen gave tickets. And they pulled you over for driving like a madman. And it kind of minimized people from driving crazy. Yes. Now, since policemen don't do that, the freeways are crazy. They are. And so it's the same thing with um, the social conscience is gone. Uh, there's only personal conscience, and that's gone with society unless you're a Christian. And that's provided that you are growing in the Lord. You are, know the Word of God. You are yielding to the Holy Spirit of God to keep you in line and discipline. Um, and denying your flesh constantly, trusting the Lord. So your love for God is the most important thing. Um, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and all your strength. Amen. That's um, the um, uh, Shema of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, listen to Israel. And that's the priority. The vertical axis is always the most important. And I'm sorry, when you say that, you mean my relationship to God right, first, the right, vertical axis. Right. And that comes through the new birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not born as Christians. Mm -hmm. We are made Christians by hearing the gospel and recognizing my lostness, my sinfulness, my rebellion against God, and my need of forgiveness for my sins, mm -hmm. and that He is my Redeemer. Recognizing that He loved me so much that He died for me, that is to bring a response of love. But once I'm yeah. born again, if I don't agree with God, then I don't love God. I love me. Yes. Because yeah. I'm not agreeing yeah. with him. I yeah. think I know better. So it, it, you must be born again. If you're not born again, nothing will work out. Now, 
as I'm saying this, some of you may not be Christian out there. I'm not saying that society cannot function. I'm not saying that a woman or a man cannot be faithful and loyal and loving to their family. No. Yeah. I'm saying they're not loving on the level that God can allow them to function in, which makes all the difference in the world. Loving under human ability is like watching black and white TV. Good, good. That's a and, good metaphor. And, and uh, loving in God's love, in spite of our sinfulness, is seeing living color. In Panavision. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, Absolutely. really, world of difference. Yeah. And people, I think that's a big deal, Pastor X, because people, what happens is you live in the world, your appreciation of what's, even what's right and wrong right. is downgraded, it's denigrated to sure. the point where you look at any kind of altruistic activity, charitable activity, and you think, well, those are good people. Right. But, you know, the bottom line is there is a personal motive involved in it, the underlying... Right motive is humanistic and corrupted right. Right. to some degree. And, and even if there even even if it is true and sincere, yeah. and that we have the capacity being created in the image likes of God, um, it, it's not the norm. So anything we do, when we start off as children and we, we believe our parents, we believe the institutions and as we're raised, uh, um, when I was growing up, you know, there was a uh, 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 looking forward to hope of uh, growing up, fitting in society, uh, uh, earning a living, whatever it may be, and believing that everybody was sincere and everything. And as you start growing and going through school and you get older, you realize that's not always true. No. But at least there was a semblance of order and consequences mm -hmm. and um, a, a real um, national goal mm -hmm. when I grew up. Mm -hmm that de decayed through the years and that, but now children are growing up without any of that. In fact, children are growing up with uh, being told that there is no God, Yeah. that if you love your country, you're a terrorist. You're a racist. You're a racist. Yeah. Um, so everything that's being taught is to destroy um, a individual's relationship to God and to a nation. Yeah. And nations are important. They and, are. And by the way, nations have boundaries. Yes. Just like you live in a home, you have boundaries. You, you have doors. You, you have a, 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 a lot lying right there at the curb that gives you a parameter before just your next door neighbor's property. Uh, you have doors on your, on your house in the front and the back. And that's to keep people out and then let them know that this is your house. And this is important because That's sometimes right. your neighbors are crazy. That's right. And you invite <laughs> people into your house, but yes. you don't let anybody and everybody into your house. Amen. And when you remove boundaries, you destroy all authority and all um, needed affection for a nation and for family yeah. and all of that. It, it opens up destruction. It's chaos. Again, it, it, it's, it's an indoctrination. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't come through common sense. No. It doesn't come through um, the conscience that God gives to us. It's an indoctrination for people who want to redefine things, restructure things, yeah. and that's what we're seeing. And globally. we believe this is the globalist mentality. Absolutely. Yeah, one step at a time. They're yes. working from uh, every side of the, the issue. Yeah. So this love that God is exhorting us to we see this in the life of Jesus. As you just mentioned, he quotes right. the Shema right, he, right. In, in, the, in the scripture. Right. Jesus is uh, always, again, he, he came to bring us to the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he, they asked him, which is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the second one is we'll see. And so um, the greatest manifestation of the love of the Son, Jesus, for the Father yeah. was complete obedience. Obedience. So... If I, if I say I love my mom and dad, then I obey them. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't want to not obey them. It doesn't mean that I will obey them even though I want to obey them. <laughs> but but they're, they're, I'm creating in such a way that that's a conflict that comes into being. Yes. And the decision making. Amen. And so, but when I'm born again, my love for God is manifested first and most of all through obedience. You know, when I used to run around the world 
and I was running around Ballroom Park and, you know, getting in trouble in that. Um, I, I, I didn't want to hurt my parents Amen. if I got busted on different things. Yeah. So I was That's very, a restraining influence. So I was very clever, but I, that restraining mm -hmm. helped me. And the other one is I feared my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Those are real good things, okay? Today, kids don't care what they do against their parents, and they don't fear their fathers or their mothers. They don't fear anybody. Yeah. It's... There's no restraint. It's like a runaway car without any brakes mm -hmm. or a steering wheel. It's the absence of natural affection. That's right. You know, it's Absolutely. Gone. So terrifying. No family love. Yeah. It's one of the key Amen. things for the last Amen. days in Romans and in Timothy. So the scripture, you know, identified in the words of Jesus, Jesus constantly throughout the gospels, he's exhorting us to have, love is the foundation. Right. You know, you can do all these good things, but if you don't have that foundation of love in your life, the real love of God, then you're basically, you're being religious. Sure. You know, sure. in some degree. And again, there, it's, there's different motives as, as we know, you know. Sometimes it's just to be seen as somebody good, um, ulterior motives, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it may be. Um, but again, human love is tainted by the sinful nature. Yes. So nobody is going to... Um, be what they can be without some form of restraint and consequence mm -hmm. and normality in terms of society. And there have been times in the world, societies and nations, where um, a good moral ethical society is very productive, very beneficial, yeah. um, even though they're not born again, even though they're not saved. Um, but there is an immediate effect upon the homes and society and institutions. And I would think we see that in the history of the United States sure. for long periods of time where there wasn't really a, a preeminent Christian population, but right. people you know, kept stayed inside the guardrails. Right. They did the right thing and they received benefits from right, that. Right. But even though way. we have liberty of religion and freedom of mm -hmm. thought and expression in the United States, and always has been the Constitution, it never compelled or forced anybody to become a Christian. Amen. But it was a very clear statement that this was a nation built on Christian principles and Judeo-Christian principles. Yeah. That is um, very clear through the judgments of the Supreme Court through the years. Not now, not recently, but cases and all that. Yeah. And, and they, you weren't compelled to become a Christian, but you certainly couldn't be one who would offend or be perverse or offensive to the Christian doctrine or to the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You can look up many cases where people were taken to court, yeah. even thrown in jail. Well, I mean, the laws in the state of California, even right. now, protect churches right. from people who would, I mean, even disrupt a church service right. is a crime. Right. And that's one of the reasons why um, um, Governor Newsom was, um, was reprimanded in and, and That's was right. told by the court that yeah. he broke the law. Amen. He had no right or authority to shut down churches, even during COVID. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, uh, thank God for that. Yes. And who would ever believe that in the midst of this corrupt um, uh, government and governor? You know what I mean? <laughs> Every once in a while, there's, you know, a, a, a silver lining yeah. in the middle of all the clouds. Yeah. You know, it... It's reasonable, Pastor X, that the love of God would show up in obedience. But obedience covers a lot of ground right. in the life of a believer. And one of the things that, you know, God exhorts us not only to, it's like obedience is the, the minimum, you know, but God exhorts us to, to give our lives on his behalf to serve. Sure, really. sure, yeah. And that's a powerful thing. Yeah, and that goes hand in hand. Again, the illustration of a child, you know, if a son or daughter loves their parents, they also serve. They have yes. their things to do at home. Right. Okay, you make your bed. You take out the trash. You help out when we need you. That's just part of it. You are preparing your son and your daughters to move into the world so they know how to be parents and raise their children. And so if we're going to say we love God, first we obey and then we serve. And this is part of um, 
or, or the probably the most um, disobeyed uh, command in Scripture by Christians, they don't serve. Service is not coming to church on Sunday yeah. or Thursday. Or tithing. Or tithing. Yeah. Serving means that you see yourself as part of the body and you realize your relationship, the gifts that God has given to you, the calling, mm -hmm. the direction, how and where you serve in that church, and that you're there to give, not to receive. Whether you're a hand, a foot, a finger, whatever it may be, that you he, he calls you, He enables you. There is no Christian that is not called a service. Amen. There is no Christian that doesn't have gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, that's true. I have a question for you. So when, when somebody receives Christ, they come to faith in Jesus. And so we tell them, well, you know, you need to read the Bible. You need to talk to God. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to be involved in fellowship with other believers. You need to gather together. And these are things we find this in the second chapter, into the second chapter of Acts there. Um, can a Christian be involved in fellowship without service? Not for, to be biblically accurate. Okay. I mean, many things happen in church. Some people just go to church all their life. Yeah. That's it. They're never involved. They don't give. They don't do anything. They just go. They're Christians. You're saved by grace or faith. But you're missing out. Totally missing I out. I mean, you know, you can, um, you can get married, have a family, and live for yourself as a husband. Yeah. Not really tell your wife you love her, not really serve her. Yeah. Uh, your children, just tell them what they need to do, and, but you're never around. Yeah. You're never around. You're out golfing. You're out working. Now, you brought home the bacon. You paid the bills. But that, that isn't being a husband or a dad or, or a man. No. You're missing out a lot. Amen. And so the same thing in the church. Um, and, and when you don't serve in the church, you become a complainer. People do this. And, and, and you start being a, a judge. A critic. Comparing, a critic. Yes. You, know, you, you know all the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like watching football or a boxing match, and you're sitting there in your living room telling the guy, you do this, like, well, get in there and show them. Yeah. Everybody has all the answers until they get in there. <laughs> it's true. So. It's, it's got to be part of human nature in there somehow, I think. We, so we see the consistency between the Old Testament and the New Testament as God is exhorting people to love. Um, it is, and that love is revealed in the attitudes of people who are engaged, who are really walking with the Lord. Um, are there other areas where we see God's love revealed in the conduct of people, sure. Pastor X? If, if, um, if I say I love God, yeah. then I, hate to hate, I have to hate evil. Amen. Okay? Now, when I was in the world, I, had, I was a sinner. Yeah. I did what I wanted to. Okay? Whether it be drinking, smoking, fornicating, or whatever it is that people do. Yeah. Um, this is the culture. The culture taints us and molds us and shapes us uh, if we have no self-restraint. And that self-restraint will break down the more testing, the more temptation, the more banging on the door. And so if I, once I'm born again, my love for God is very evident by hating what is evil. In other words, when I'm, now that I'm born again, I don't, I don't desire to do the things that I used to do. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that I'm not tempted. Doesn't mean that the, my thoughts don't come in. It means that I don't give in to that any longer because I bring my thoughts captive by the power of the Spirit of God. My love for God is uh, greater than my love for that sin. And so that's evidence of my love towards God. Now, only God sees that. Yeah. People don't see that. No. And I'm not doing it for people to see. I'm doing it for God to know my heart, to see me. He doesn't have to see it. He knows it even before I know it. Um, David says, search my heart, Lord. Know there any wicked way within me. In other words, I can't be certain about myself. Only God knows the depravity of my Amen. heart. Uh, and I, I need to just know that I have the potential to disobey and to bring hurt to God and to bring consequence to my life that shouldn't be there. Um, and I do that when I get my eyes off the Lord and I don't love God. 
and I started loving me more than God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the middle letter of the word sin is I. And when we get caught up with I, and that's the whole humanistic concept, focusing on yourself. You've got all the answers, and it's all about you. And um, I just, you know, you got to love yourself first before you can love others. Oh, what a lie that is. <laughs> now, Dr. James Dawson is the one that brought that into the church. Sure. That's a humanistic psychology in principle all the way. Mm -hmm. The problem is we love ourselves too much. Yeah. There's no way. If you start loving on yourself, you'll never have time for anybody else. It's not a biblical principle. Paul told the Ephesians, um, Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. uh, love your wife as you do your own body. Yeah. And so he takes a sinful practice of loving me, caring for my body, bathing and working out and looking good and perfuming it and everything else, whatever. He says, now if I could take that self-love principle and apply it to my wife, I would be okay. Yeah. I would be a great husband. And so the natural tendency is not low self-esteem. No. This is a, an indoctrinated knowledge. It is a corrupt principle. We love ourselves. Yeah. We need to realize that our love should be for God. In fact, actually, I think in Ephesians 5 there, he, Paul deals with it as uh, a foregone conclusion that every person loves their self. Right. You know, this is just the way people right. are. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. interesting. Yeah. That or the world. You love the world, all this in the world. That's the way we're a program for that. I, yeah, Pastor X, I talk to people all the time who are struggling with some issue, some sin issue or another. And their perspective is that they're, they really are not convinced that you can actually hate the evil of the world. You know, how do people do that? Yeah. And the thing is, is that they're, they're not engaged right. with the Spirit of God. They're not allowing God to transform their thinking. Sure. They're not going through and wrestling with God to deal with those issues yeah. that they carried into the kingdom of God with them right. when they came. Right, and Paul addresses that with the, with the uh, Corinthians in 1 Corinthians, Amen. carnal. Yeah. They're living as in the world and they're still doing the things and bringing hurt to themselves. And so um, how long can a person remain like that? I don't know. Yeah. But it's certainly just, it's not going to bring the best. No. And so it just brings um, more destruction. And so we, um, uh, we have to realize the things of the world uh, and we're not talking about anything wrong with owning a house, having a car, clothes, or a bank account. No. We're not talking about that. No. We're talking about loving the things of the world that the world puts a priority that is not in agreement with God's Word. So in other words, that you just think about yourself, you just do whatever you want to please yourself, um, that you have no moral standard, no ethical standard, that um, you even come to a place where you don't believe in God. All of those things yeah. are against God. Amen. That's the worldly concept of it. And it really comes down to priorities, putting right, the Lord right, first. Right. And that's the focal point. Cool to think that, you know, I can make a statement in my life about loving God by the things that I reject. And the other side of the coin is, I, I think I've got to be able to make a statement in my life by loving the things that God loves. Sure. If I hate the things he right. hates, I'm, I'm logically, right. I'm going to love the things that he loves. Right. And that comes by the Word of God. Amen. And that's the problem with people. People go to church and churches aren't teaching the Word of God. And so they, um, they give them motivational speaking. Yeah. They give them a lot of uh, PowerPoints up there in the screen. Um, but they don't expound what the Word of God teaches. The Bible's been around um, forever. I mean, long, yeah, long, you know mean? long time. Amen. Uh, you've got an easy 4,000 years of the Old Testament from yeah. Genesis to Malachi, another 2,000 now in the New Testament. And God's Word has never changed. Um, the Scriptures have never been recalled. Uh, the Scriptures have been all that is needed for life and godliness for every generation, Amen. regardless of the culture, regardless of the nation, regardless of the race, regardless of the nationality, regardless of the sin or the ethics or the morality. Amen. It is true to form. 
and so you know yeah uh, what, what people need is the word of God yeah. and obeying that that's it amen and, and you know like you, you mentioned before the scripture says that we are to love our neighbor right. as ourselves right right love right. of the brethren the mark yes. of the distinguishing mark of the of the church you know by this shall all men know you're my disciples yeah. if you have love one for another it's interesting that he says that 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 idea of loving your neighbor as yourself is like the first commandment right, that right. it's similar in some right way. that's a horizontal Right. So the vertical is the source of it and the first priority. I have to take care of my life with God first and see my shortcomings, my sinfulness, and that God alone can transform my heart. Once I have that relationship with God, now I can be a benefit to others. Now I can be there with the right motive. Now I can do the things that I'm learning in the Word of God. Now I can bring my thoughts captive. Now I can present my body a living sacrifice. Now I can yield to the Spirit of God. Now I can call upon Him to fill me, baptize me, because I know I'm not sufficient in myself to do it. All those things come from fellowshipping with God first, and then I can fellowship properly on the horizontal level. When I'm not right with God, nothing works on the horizontal. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesus said in John 15, without me you can do right. nothing. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple, and we'll be right back with you after these messages. There are many familiar yet important figures in the Bible who are recognized for their strength and character. And while considering these strong figures, it's important to remember that a number of them are women. Women who inspire not only because of how they lived, but also because of their rock-solid faith. And that's why Pastor Xavier Reese has chosen to highlight several scriptural examples from the Old and New Testaments for a new study series compiled together in one convenient audio CD pack or single MP3 disc titled 12 Women of the Bible, available now at calvarychapelpasadena.com. You'll be inspired by the courageous accounts of Esther, the widow Ruth, the disciple Mary Magdalene, and many more in this audio CD pack for $32 or single MP3 disc for just $12 plus shipping. Look for the 12 Women of the Bible series available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truth of living the abundant life. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing in John 15, 5. I cannot chance living my own life and be confident looking for the second coming. I must allow Christ to live through me to be confident looking for the second coming. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said. And the rain fell and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Rees says by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Turn now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're spending time talking about the Holy Spirit of God working in the aspect of God's love at work in the church. John, we are uh, excited about the new uh, Calvary Chapel TV app. That for, we are. For smart TVs, right? Yes. We announced it a couple weeks ago, right? Uh -huh. And um, it, yeah, it's on Roku and the Apple TV app store. Okay. Just search Calvary Chapel. Pasadena. I know we've been getting a lot of feedback from people. We have been. Even yesterday, you know, Sunday or, or no, Sunday at church, um, just talking to people. And 
I had a couple people just come up to me randomly saying, hey, you know, my, my husband loves the app. My wife loves the app. They're not that tech savvy, but it's really easy for them. I don't have to set it up for them. They know what to do. Wow. And I even had another person approach me and say that her father who lives in Nebraska and he's not very tech savvy, but he now through the TV app, he likes watching our services on Sundays. So they can stream live, they live can. services, live services. Like people could listen to and watch this, uh, the radio Correct. show on there. Correct. Okay, yeah. Anything great. that we broadcast live, uh, they can watch live. And then it also has recent messages. And as you know, in the near future, we're going to be adding some other goodies, a lot more content, a lot more right. content. Yeah. So we're just really totally thankful and blessed that we're able That's to get nice. it out. And yeah, just people are starting to eat it up and we love it. God is good. Amen. Yeah. So if you, you have a smart TV out there, take advantage of the opportunity. Download the app. Pastor X, one of the things that, you know, I would think concerning the love of God is that you could identify a person by the treatment that they receive from the Lord. And this, I realize, you know, this can be problematic. I know... We look at, for instance, uh, during the New Testament time with Christ and the Gospels, it seemed like the Jewish nation had this perspective. If God loved you, you were rich and in a powerful position. We know that that's not true. Right. You know, God does right. not necessarily gift people with money and fame and wealth right. because of his affection for them. But there, there are things that work in the life of a person because of God's grace in their life. Sure. And again... Um, the concept for the Old Testament, the Israel, to Israel was promised material blessings. Amen. But not to the church. Right. That's where the church misses it today. Okay. Uh, in fact, the millennial kingdom is for Israel to fulfill all the promises. Um, Jerusalem will be the capital city of the world. Amen. And all the wealth will be there. Yeah. Okay. The church has never promised wealth. Uh, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies. Spiritual blessings, yes. Ephesians chapter 1. Um, uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Here and now, in terms of our direction, our guidance, our protection, it doesn't mean that we cannot have money, but the promise is never to the believer materially. Yeah. They're spiritual blessings. It's interesting how the word faith movement has kind of jumped oh, the yeah. tracks there. They, they lost corrupt that. it. They corrupt it. Yeah. Now, if you, I mean, it's common sense too. You know, the minute I was born again, um, as I've said often, um, the first weekend I had more money in my pocket than the weekend before <laughs> because I wasn't out there spending on booze and smokes and everything else, okay? Fixing my car because I crashed it or whatever. Right. Um, and so the minute you're born again, you are probably 30 to 40% financially ahead. Just practically. Practically. Yeah. By what you, the, again, the boozing, the, the drugs, the alcohol, whatever it is. And uh, now you don't spend your money there and that kind of lifestyle is no longer present so there's no bad consequence you have to also flip money out for. Yeah. And you make now decisions to buy things based on priorities of loving God and not just your emotions or you're trying to compete with somebody else. And so automatically we have more money and we're better stewards of that money yeah. because we become Christians. In addition to that, you put yourself in a position where God can bless you. Right. You know, you start applying the uh, wisdom from Scripture and ideas. You, you pray about things before you do them. Yeah. You know, you don't go off and half-baked and make decisions without reasonable counsel. Right. Right. And so you receive the benefits from that in a powerful right. way. Awesome thing about Scripture is it's loaded with examples. We learn from these people, people that truly loved God in the sure. very best sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God's merciful. God's graceful. Amen. And he, His mercy is upon believer and non-believer. He makes the just, uh, the rainfall on the just and the unjust. Um, but He only gives grace to the one who repents. Grace is only given to the repentant sinner. Amen. Where mercy is given to both saint, sinner and saint. Yeah. There's a big difference there. Interesting. So. Pastor X, when a person, I mean, even considering in, in the time of the Gospels, loves Christ, in some ways, it is, it is loving God. Christ is God. Sure, sure. Are there any important differences? Um, love for Christ reveals the greatest priority uh, in fulfilling the great this commandment. And so in Matthew 10, 38, Jesus said, 
he who loves the father or mother, father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Or he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In Matthew 10, 38. It doesn't mean that you have to hate your mom and dad. It doesn't mean you have to hate your son and daughter. It means that vertical axis that we talked about. That vertical plane, me with God first, loving him first. Once I love God in the right place, then that love source is his. And I can love people in the right way in the agape love, yeah. as we'll get to. Amen. And, and so uh, that's very, very necessary. So if I say I love my children and I'm not a Christian, I don't doubt you. But if you're a Christian, you'll love them not only more, but in the proper way yeah. and with the proper attitude and actions towards them where the love of the world is very manipulative and it's not in priority. Self-centered. It gets, it gets tweaked. Yeah, yeah. Would we also say that love for Christ is predicated on obedience to Him, just like love for sure, God? From sure, the Old absolutely. Okay. Again, if, we, if, if, if you love me, you'll obey me. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just real simple. And Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and do not do the do things I say? Do not do I those say. things, right. Amen. And so obedience is very important. And again... Uh, the motive of obedience, only God knows. Um, but we're to have a life of, um, of, of, of giving evidence that we are sincere in what we do, mm -hmm. that we do it to please God and we do it before God and not anybody else. We're not there to compare ourselves among ourselves, uh, lest we be unwise. We're not there to compete with each other. We're there to do only what God has called us to do and to be responsible to our homes, our wives, our children, uh, be part of the church, to communicate the gospel to the world as God opens the doors, and looking for Jesus to come for us. Amen. Yeah. You know, Pastor X, I listen to the things that you share, and I, I, may, I can hear in my mind how I would have perceived those ideas before Christ. And, and I just think, you know, there are people out there thinking, oh my gosh, why would I do that? Why would I want to, yeah. you know, put myself in that position? But as a believer, I know the benefit, right. the amazing, unbelievable benefit that I receive when I'm willing to give God that priority that sure. he deserves. Everything in my life becomes useful and beneficial yeah. and encouraging. Yeah. All the people that I love receive benefits right. just because I'm willing to sacrifice my yeah. selfish desires sure. and follow the truth of yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And anybody who's walked with God for any, <clears throat> any number of years understand this. And more so when we first started in ministry, mm -hmm. we first formed again, I was 23. And, you know, we, we were right into ministry right away. And, you know, we were listening to Pastor Chuck and, and he had the experience and the years and the know-how. We're verbally, literally just repeating word for word for what he said. Yeah. All of us in the early Calvary chapels. Um, thank God that he, it was truth. Yes. Okay? And Amen. we check it to the word of that. But um, as, as we moved on in life and we've, um, we've gone through marriage, we've raised children and we're grandparents, some of us great-grandparents, um, we know this to be a fact. And we know, that we ha we know by, by experience the, the benefit and the, the richness of obedience to God, even the things that we were not willing to do mm -hmm. for a while or for yeah. a time. Yeah. We can look back and uh, kind of like Joseph in jail. You know, it wasn't very fun there. He told the baker and oh, the, no, yeah. he wanted to get out. Yep. But God had other, other choices. Yeah. He, had, he had another plan. And then after the fact that God sets him on the throne um, of Egypt, um, he told his brothers, you know, what you meant for evil, God turned for good. Yeah. Uh, Romans 8, 28, again, all things work to good to those who love God called according to his purpose. Now, we have to be careful we don't just um, use that scripture out of context and do whatever we want and say that God's going to turn it for good. Yeah. No. It means that as I walk with God, I obey God, and I deny myself, and I realize that he enables me if he calls me, and that all that obedience is going to mold and shape me, present my body a living sacrifice to prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so through the process of time, God will allow me to experience the benefit where now looking back, 
if I hadn't yielded and obeyed God and denied myself, the benefits would have been negative. Yes. To my wife, to my children, to my grandchildren, to this ministry, all of that. Yeah. And so we believe God by faith. What he says is true, even though we don't understand it completely or maybe not even desiring to do it. But with our yielding to him and obeying him and trusting him, we see his wisdom as we move through those difficult times, through those times of hardship and, and sometimes horrible things. Yeah. And God turns them for good yeah. because we see God clearly in them and we see God's grace and love towards us. So much so that it's not really even a faith thing anymore because no. you see the practical sure. benefit. Yeah. You're, you've got it. Yeah. It's right there. God is so yeah. good. We said before that love for God is identified by service. And obviously, I think we can make the same statement concerning love for Christ. Sure, sure. You, you have know, to you, serve the Lord. Amen. You realize you're part of the body, and you need to um, seek the Lord for that individually. Um, the pastor doesn't tell you what your gifts are, what you're to do. Um, you come and get grounded, grow, study, be in prayer, asking God to direct you, what are my gifts, where, do you, where should I fit in? Uh, you direct and guide me, Lord. And God puts the church together. We've seen that for, Amen. you know, the past 42, 43 years. Yeah. God is just incredible. Um, he, God's not up there biting his nails about this church. He takes care of it, whether it be with few or with many. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's his, his faithfulness. Like battle right. with Jehoshaphat. It doesn't matter few or many. God's, <laughs> God's on the throne. It seems reasonable if we have love for the Lord Jesus, there would be a recognition of the price that he paid for our failings. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Well, we recognize that that if it wasn't for him, we, we, we wouldn't have access to God. Yeah, nothing. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be able to see our need of God. Um, if it wasn't for him, we would justify and accuse and excuse all our evil conduct and selfish decisions and lay it upon other people. Like, like they do. We would justify it. You like the dysfunctionalism and codependence yeah. and enabler. It's all this um, lies under the guise of education. Yeah, terrifying stuff. Yes. You know, and they want you to ship your kids off to these places. Right. Terrifying. You don't think that much about conviction, but conviction is a big deal because I have a relationship with Christ. You know, my relationship operates through the scripture, but I am dependent upon the Spirit of God right. to make these things real and powerful in my life, right. to speak to me. And, yeah. and the cool thing is, God will do that. Right. When I'm on the wrong track, the Lord will stop me and right. get my attention. Right. That's awesome. But he won't make me obey. He won't, and that's no. important. He's not twisting my arm. The Holy arm. Spirit is going to convict me. The Holy Spirit is going to redirect me. The Holy Spirit is going to reprove me. Um, but he won't make me obey. He doesn't force us. He doesn't force us to obey, doesn't force us to disobey, doesn't force me to go to heaven, he doesn't force me to go to hell. Yeah. I make all those decisions Amen. based on my relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's very, very important. I have to be willing, and I imagine there's a, there's a lot more, you know, it, it's a daily thing. Yeah. You know, God is, is working in a powerful way on behalf of his people, and yeah. the church is a witness to that around the world. Yeah. I, you know, I just think about the church in Iran, which we talk about from time to time, there's a church that is growing, maybe one of the fastest growing churches right. in the history of the world. And these are people who grew up, most of them, in an Islam. Right. And so they were dedicated to this dark religious, you know, do this, don't do that yeah. morality that they didn't understand. And now they have the Spirit of God actually speaking to them every right. day, right. providing direction. Just wonderful. Yeah. Well, you amazing. know, we've talked to people at different times from there, and um, we even have some of them here at the church. And, Amen. And, the, and the, uh, uh, the stories that we tell that are real stories, not made-up stories, Amen. where Jesus has appeared to some of them in the cells in Iran. Yeah. And people say, are you, come on, are you serious? Absolutely. God is absolutely, no, <laughs> no problem, you know. Um, the Lord appeared to Paul. Yeah. Uh, the Lord discipled Paul for three years in Arabia. Um, God's the same today as evermore. 
Uh, why doesn't he do that here in the United States? I have no idea. We'll ask him together. Amen. But <laughs> he, he does as he wills, and uh, he makes himself known, and that's important. And there you, again, you have the love and the mercy of God um, to reach out to people that are so lost and so uh, blinded by the evil of religion. Yeah. Um, there's nothing more evil than religion. Amen. Religion is not a step towards God. Religion is a step away from God. Mm -hmm. And it's oppressive. It's tyrannical. It is deadly. Um, you think of the Crusades and the number of people that were slaughtered yeah. because of the Crusades. Religious fervor. The Reformation. Mm -hmm. uh, the corrupt power of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, there probably has been no church more guilty of murder than the Catholic Church. It's interesting you mentioned that, Pastor X. Lately, I've been thinking about, you know, um, the Scripture and how hard the Roman Catholic fought for how many hundreds of years to keep the Bible out of the, the common language of people right. yeah. and how many people suffered and died yeah. because of that. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Sure. Real well, testimony to the importance yeah. well, of Scripture. Well, you people, keep people from the Word of God and the Word of God from people, yeah. then they're ignorant about what God says. Yeah. And those who do know the Word of God, you persecute them, you kill them, you eliminate yeah. them. Uh, and that's what the Catholic Church did. I mean, I was over in Spain in um, the um, about 90s or something, and they were having the 500-year celebration of Columbus yeah. right down um, in, in Madrid, Spain. And uh, they have, where they put out in the big Catholic, the center there, the big plaza, all their instruments of torture. Really? Displaying all of them. From the Inquisition? From the Inquisition. Oh, my gosh. With pride. That's too they, crazy. Without repentance or anything else. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And she has not changed. No, no. Yeah. Wild. Amazing. So we love God. We love Christ. Are there other areas that reveal uh, the Spirit of God working in us with, with love? Sure. We have to demonstrate again to love man. Okay. We talk about loving our brother. That's another Christian. Amen. But loving man in general. Um, there are some people that are very, very evil. And again, that fulfills the second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor may be a Christian. He may not be a Christian. Yeah. And so um, knowing what being lost is, knowing what it is to live in sin and the guilt of sin and seeing the accumulated destruction of sin, um, when I come to the Lord, I'm to have compassion towards those who are in that same position. Because I know if they continue to progress down that line, it only going to get worse. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Now, people do sometimes wake up and they change their lifestyle and they become productive and loving husbands, stuff like that. Yeah. But they got to live with all that baggage that they can't handle. A Christian yeah. is able to handle it because they know that it's forgiven yeah. and it's not held against yeah. them anymore. And we are willing to apologize and ask forgiveness to those that we see again if we offended them. And so we handle it little different and so it's important having that compassion we're able to minister to them uh, pray for them that the gospel would bring that conviction that they would accept the Lord by faith amen because we want to see them saved we want them to go to heaven we want them to be productive we want them to to be able to love their wives and their children and their husbands and, and be functional effective human beings in the world for good yeah yeah that's awesome you know, when I think about the aspect of being able to deal with your past failures, and the go only the gospel gives you that. Right. Only the gospel will allow you the tools that you need right. by God's intervention to, to get away from your past. Sure, sure. It's interesting, the thought that we're called to demonstrate the love of God. The scripture actually calls us as right. believers that we should demonstrate the love of God. That's a lot. That's a big deal. Sure, sure. I mean, words are cheap. Yeah, And so uh, the new commandment, love one another, and Jesus told the disciples of John 13, 34, and 35. So it has to be more than words. Um, 
there has to be um, uh, James John says um, James says there's not loving word only but deed. Yes. Uh, word and deed become one and becomes true. Then First John, um, um, James speaks about that man going before the mirror and forgetting what he looks like. Um, Jesus speaks about being a Pharisee, wearing a mask. Um, all these things are 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 the things that go on in this world. It's a fallen world. It's yeah. not a sinless world. It's a world without Christ. Um, it's a world that is um, an enemy of Christ. It's, it's a world that now, as you look at it globally, it's a God-hating world. Mm -hmm. There is no room for God. Uh, the Democratic Party in this last election declared openly that they, God was not on the platform. Right. They debunked God completely. Yeah. As if they were going to think that they were going to hurt God's feelings or something. You know? Um, it, it's an amazing thing to, for our nation and leaders in our nation to get to that place where they actually um, promote hate for God, promote not having a need of a God, yeah. promoting that there is no God and that we are the solution to our own problems. And we've arrived to a place where we have all the solutions. The only thing is that God's solutions bring life. Man's solutions bring death. And destruction. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Pretty terrifying. Yeah. And the, 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 the really terrifying thing is, is that people are perfectly willing to hand themselves over to yeah. the lies and the chaos. And that's what we're seeing in our world. You know, the scripture is, is full of references in every book to the fact that we need to have affection from God and, and express that and portray it towards others. Yes. People, people are drawn to Christ because yeah. of the love that they see. Right. You know, right. we, and we need that. We yeah. need that to work yeah. in the, the church. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, light and salt. Okay, so we, we certainly can't force people to become Christians. We would never do that. Amen. Um, but we desire that they be Christians, so we pray for them. We seek to find opportunity where we might proclaim the gospel because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God in Romans 10, 17. So I know that people are not going to know that God loves them and that God died for them through any other book except the Bible. Amen. That's the gospel. And when people hear this, the Holy Spirit is there to illuminate yes. the heart and mind of the individual. And then that individual makes a choice whether he believes that and falls in the conviction, and then they respond to repent, or they disagree and callous their heart and say, no, that's a lie. But the choice is the individual. Some reject, others repent. Amen. And this is what people do. It's a choice. It's a choice. The amazing thing is that God's Spirit is so powerful to convict the hearts of people and to bring them to the truth, Pastor X. Yeah, yeah. And again, God uses all of that, our love for God, our love for each other. Um, our love for God is demonstrated by our commitment to the church, mm -hmm. our commitment to each other, our commitment to reach the lost, our commitment to do what God directs and guides us. Um, our love for God is is not uh, based upon trying to copy other churches or um, depend on other pastors to come and motivate our people as guest speakers or anything like that. Nothing wrong with guest speakers, but if, if you're not functioning properly, then you're dependent on all these things. Amen. And so if you're out there, you don't know Jesus, remember the love of God is the most important thing. It is the heart of God. Keep it as simple as you can, and He will blow your mind. God bless you. Amen. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion and may God richly bless your day.